For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Open your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 9 as we begin today as we're going through the book of Corinthians. And this is a very intimate letter that Paul is writing to the church as an apologist defending his faith and himself and his beliefs in the Lord Jesus Christ and each and every one of us should have some apologist in us. I don't mean you want to apologize. I mean that when somebody attacks your faith or you need to defend your faith or you need to stand up for your faith, you know what God's word says and you can give an answer. The Bible says always be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. Amen. I don't mean you have to have the whole Bible memorized, or maybe you can't memorize that many, but you know where to find the answer. Amen? So as you open God's Word with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 9, the Bible says, But we had the sentences of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead. And almost to get a good grip on that verse, you need to read verse 8 also. And verse 8 says, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. Verse 9, But we've had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth from the dead. Paul outlook was so grim at that time. He was His feelings of frustration... It was like a man sitting in a jail cell, sentenced to death. Have you ever been in a a place like that or a feeling like that? Or maybe you weren't sentenced to death, but you felt like this is a death sentence on my life. This is a death sentence on my family. This is a death sentence on my career. This is a death sentence on me. I'm just stuck. There's, There's no way out. Well, let me just tell you. God had allowed with Paul, and as God allows with his servants sometimes, to be brought to a place of an extremely hard place where you have to trust in him. Trust in the God that can even raise from the dead. Paul said that we had a sentence of death in ourselves. You know, when a man's got a sentence to death, he doesn't have power over his own life anymore. Something else of an outside force has power over their life. But when you turn that over to God, God, when you belong to God and you turn it over to God, God 
will take over. And in some way that we can't explain, in some way in our weakness, God shines through the strongest. When people see you at your weakest, when people see that there's no hope for you, that, that the problem is so big, that it's so consuming, that it has stopped everything in your, in your tracks, in your life, in your family, and the hurt and the pain and the suffering and whatever that is, and they see that your hope is an outside source and an almighty, all-knowing, all-powerful, the one true living God. It brings honor and praise and glory to God Almighty. And that's what God wants. So in some way, in the breaking and the suffering of God's servants, God is exalted and people can see the light. Amen. So as God is, is breaking Paul and God has brought Paul to this extremely hard time so that in order Paul would have to put all his trust, not in himself, Paul said, I got a death sentence in myself. There's nothing I can do. I can't help myself. But I know that I can trust God, the God who can raise from the dead. Amen. See, Paul knew that, that Jesus rose himself from the grave. He had that power. Jesus called Lazarus from the grave. And he says into that verse, but in God who raiseth the dead. See, Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave. He has the keys to it. He has power over it. Amen. And that's why when you get in a situation like that, you can put your faith and trust in him that even if I lose my life, Lord, I trust in you as many servants have over the years now here in america we don't have people killing us for our faith we're not being slaughtered for our faith in the lord jesus christ but still in many places in the world today it is against the law to own a bible it is against the law to have church on sunday it is against the law for you to serve the one true living god now, that's not stopping people, praise God. If you notice in the book of Acts, when, when God allowed the church to be attacked, when Satan went after the church and God's people and was killing them and murdering them, and they were running away, you knew, do you know what it did? It didn't, put the, it didn't stomp the church out. It spread the church all over the world with that persecution. And now we can look back and we can read God's word and see what happened. But see, you can't see your life. Your life is not laid out on a page in black and white ink where you can read it and you can see the end. But you have to trust God. Now we know the end. We know that when we are saved, we're born again. We're going to be with him no matter what happens. Amen. But in the trials and the suffering, sometimes we don't know why. Sometimes we might find out why, or we might think we know why, but the truth is we just have to trust God, the one that raiseth from the dead. Amen. And listen to me. God can answer those prayers long after you are gone. I do believe when Stephen was stoned to death, the first deacon, and Paul was Saul at that time, and he saw that that man died for his faith, that that man prayed for them as they were stoned to death. I believe that weighed on Paul because a man doesn't pray for another man that's killing him unless he truly believes in the God that he says he believes in. Amen. And so in some 
unexplainable way when you're in a situation like that, like Paul says here in verse number nine, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves. And I'm here today to tell you, if God got you in that situation, or if you're going to be in that situation someday, it's so that you don't trust in and of yourself. Because the truth is, you can wake up, you can brush your teeth, you can get dressed, you can go to work, you can make a thousand decisions, you make financial decisions, you can take out a loan, buy a new car, you can do all kinds of things and never consult God one single time. God may allow you to be put in a situation where you go, wow, there's nothing I can do but trust God. There's nothing I can do but cry out to the God. There's nothing I can do but pray. And I'm here to tell you, that's exactly what God wants from you. He wants you to fully, solely, and completely trust in Him. And oh, how great and how peaceful and how wonderful it is when we finally reach the end of our rope and we realize, you know what? I should have turned this over to God long ago, Lord. And you might bawl your eyes out and fall on your face before a thrice holy God and say, Lord, here it is. I give it all to you, all to Jesus. I surrender. I surrender all. And then what peace God will give you at that moment when you truly surrender it in your heart and you let go of it and you give it to him and God says if you just should have done this from the very beginning but my we as human beings we want control don't we I want to control that I have to control the outcome instead of just truly turning over to God and sometimes we do that with our own children we want them to be saved we want them to serve God we want them to live right we want them to be in church and yet they're just like me and you. They have to make their own choice. They have to choose what is right for themselves between them and God. And oh, how peaceful it is when you turn that child over in your heart and lay them on the altar and say, God, they're all yours. Lord, get a hold of their heart. Lord, reach out and touch them wherever they're at, God. And God can, doesn't matter if on the other side of the planet, God can put somebody in their path to talk to them about the Lord Jesus Christ. God can allow something to happen that'll point them to Jesus. You just need to trust Him. Just like Paul says here, but in the God who raiseth the dead. Turn that problem, turn those people, turn your children over to the Lord. Amen. Verse number 10, Paul says, Who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Let's read it again very slowly. Who delivered us from so great a death? So he know that, that the Lord's delivered before and doth deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. So Paul here is speaking of deliverance in the in three tenses, the past, delivered, the present, and the future. God will deliver. And Paul knows that the same God who delivered him in the past is able to deliver him day by day and will continue to deliver until that final grand moment when we go to be with him. Amen. And when we are finally released from the tribulations and the persecutions and the problems of this world, we'll be with a thrice holy God. And I'm here today, if you will stop and if you please make notes of these things that God is doing in your life. We have a little book we write things in when, and so that we can look back 
and say, God did this and God did that. And we have a little plaque. We write our answered prayers on things that we pray about that God has answered. Not only so that we can see it, but that our children can see it. And even after me and my wife are gone, our kids will see that, that my parents prayed and they trusted God and God answered and God delivered. Just like Paul saying here, who delivered us from ghosts so great a death and doth deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. God has delivered, he will deliver, and he's going to deliver. You just need to trust in him, amen. And Paul has seen this in his own life and he's speaking of it and he's telling us about it and that we need to trust in him to deliver us not only from the big things in life, but the small things too. I tell you, when you learn to trust God in the small things, it certainly helps you with the big things. And I would dare say Paul is qualified to talk about trials and tribulations. And even verse 9 where he had the sentence to death. If you read all the things that happened to Paul throughout his ministry, and the exact thing he's talking about here in verse number 9, I'm not exactly sure which moment that was in his life when he said he had a sentence of death. Because if you look in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 24, he tells you, he gives you a list of the things that has happened to him. He said, of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day, and I have been in the deep. In journeyings, often in perils of waters, and perils of robbers, and perils by mine own countrymen, and perils by the heathen, and perils in the city, and perils in the wilderness, and perils in the sea, and perils among false brethren, in weariness, and painfulness, and washing, oftentimes in hunger, thirst, and fasting, and cold, and nakedness. He had been through it, buddy. He had been through the grinder, the shipwreck, the beatings, even false brethren. Uh, people who say they're Christians but actually turned on him. Alexander the coppersmith might be one of them. He said he had done him much evil, but God will pay. And I tell you, that's what God wants you to do with those that have wronged you. Turn them over to the Lord. For your own self, please forgive them because that bitterness will eat you up. You do like Paul says, turn it over to him. God is able to deliver us. God is able to pay back. I must truly trust him verse number 11 second corinthians chapter 1 verse 11 and 12 for also helping together by prayer for us that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons thanks may be given by many on our behalf paul is saying thanks for the gifts and i want to stop right here and also say thanks for the, for the gift i want to say thank you for those in orlando that have given to our ministry to the roger family i want to say thanks for those in citrus county mrs walton who has given to our ministry i say thank you every dollar goes to spreading the gospel every dollar goes to their ministry account we don't keep one dollar for ourselves me and my wife both work full time so every dollar goes to spreading the gospel of the lord jesus christ so like Paul says here, and he's telling the Corinthians that thanks may be given. Thank you. Amen. It is good to be thankful. And Paul is reaching out and he is saying, thanks be given on our behalf. And verse number 12, for our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, 
But by the grace of God, we had our conversation in the world and more abundantly to your word. Paul here feels he can depend on the prayers of believers. Isn't it such a good feeling when you know that you have friends of the Lord, brothers and sisters in Christ, who you know when they say, hey, I'm going to pray for you, that they're really going to do it? That they're really going to pray for you? That they're really going to lift you up? That they're really going to take your name before the throne of God and pray boldly to God on your behalf and you and your families have? What a great and wonderful feeling that is. And Paul feels here he can depend on the prayers of the believers. Amen? What a great feeling that is to know that they love you enough to go before a thrice holy God on your behalf and lay your problems before God and ask for intercession and help on your behalf. Amen. Thank the God. Thank God for that good, godly friends and brothers and sisters in Christ who care and love you enough to pray for you, to lift up your name before God Almighty. Amen. And Paul fears here he can boast in his integrity toward them. That he he said this, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom. He was honest before them. He had character before them. Godly sincerity. He, had, he was very transparent, very genuine. And that comes from God Almighty. And people can see that. And they can even hear it in your voice. When they know, man, that you are just being very sincere from the heart, that you actually care and you love them and you are praying for them and you will go out of your way to help them. Amen. You can't fake that. People will see right through it. They can hear it in your voice. They can see it in your actions. And Paul says, I was very transparent. I was very simple. I was very godly. I was very sincere. I was very genuine that I loved y'all. And thanks to y'all because there's a lot of fleshly wisdom out there he did not stoop to those methods he didn't stoop to the methods of fleshly wisdom but he acted openly before all with the undeserved strength grace that god supplies and i can tell you there there is a a lot of fleshly wisdom on tv i have seen some fleshly preachers that sound good boy they even look good they dress nice well shaven well spoken educated but there's something wrong something's not right they're not right with god the bible says be careful of those prosperity preachers the Bible says, from such withdraw thyself. That's how serious God says that it is. He says, from such supposing that gain is godliness, the Bible says, from such withdraw thyself. Does God want you to be healthy, wealthy, and happy? No, but he sure does want you to be holy. That's what he wants. One day, one day we'll all be in heaven. You won't have to worry about health, wealth, and happiness. There won't be none of that. It'll be nothing but goodness and unliving in the grace of God for all eternity. He said those that live on this earth, those that, that, that serve Jesus will suffer persecution. There will be problems. But don't let this hinder you from serving God. Don't let this hinder you from giving your best 
toward God because the things that you do for God, I'm not just talking about the money that you give. I'm talking about the prayers that you give, the money that you give, the time that you give, the investment that you put in somebody else's life. Those things will ring through all eternity. Those investments will last forever. Amen? Because you are as investing in God's work, and that is the only work that matters. Amen to that. Amen to that. That's the only work that matters. Sometimes we get so caught up in these prestigious positions of power and influence and money and prestige and honor that mean absolutely nothing. The only thing that matters is what we do for Christ while we're here on this earth. Amen to that. And the Apostle Paul is a good witness and a good testimony to that he gave up as far as the world would be concerned everything prestigious position and power and money to serve the one true living god amen look with me now in verse number 13 for we write none of these things unto you that ye read or acknowledge and i trust ye shall acknowledge even to the end as also ye acknowledge us in part that we are rejoicing even ye also are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul's rejoicing in this. Amen. As we should be rejoicing with him. Now I want to jump down to verse number 20. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 20. It says, For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen, unto the glory of God by us. Verse 21. Now he which established us with you in Christ and hath anointed us, who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hands. Paul said, who hath sealed us? And he's talking about eternal salvation, eternal security in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, once you're saved and your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you cannot lose your salvation. If you could, it would be dependent on you, but it's not. It's dependent on the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Once you have truly been born again, once you realize that you're a sinner on your way to hell, that you're going to bust hell wide open because you can't be good enough, once you realize that and you put your faith and trust, trust, and the finished work of the cross that Jesus did. The Bible says that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and that you are sealed unto the day of redemption. How are you sealed? You are sealed with the peace of the Holy Spirit. Nothing can break that seal, by the Bible says. Nothing. He says, moreover, in verse 23, moreover, I call God for a record upon my soul that to spare you I came not as yet unto Corinth. Verse 24, now for that we have dominion over your faith, but are helpers of your joy by faith, ye stand. The Corinthians here were responsible to God is what he's saying. They're responsible to God, not to Paul, just as any Christian is only responsible to God in the matters of faith. You're not responsible to the preacher. You're not responsible to the Sunday school teacher. You're not responsible to the elders at church. You should be a good steward. You should be faithful. I'm not saying that, but Paul is saying here in verse 24, listen to it again, not for that we have dominion over you. Paul's saying, I don't have power over you. He says, faith, but are helpers of your joy for by your faith. He says, I'm your helper. 
Now, if you if you have a pastor or a mentor, you are ultimately not responsible for them. You are ultimately not going to answer them. You are going to answer to God. Now, you should be a good steward, and you should be good faithful to your church, and you should give your pastor all the respect that he deserves. But ultimately, God is, is the one you're going to answer to. It's not going to be to him. Many times when the, a pastor comes over, a preacher comes over, people will clean up their house and put this up and put that up. Don't say these words. But you know what? What really matters is what you do when he's not there, when God is watching, when God is listening. Amen. Because God is the one you're ultimately going to give an answer to, not to the pastor, not to me, not to another preacher. Make sure that each and every day you're living that life, that you're putting God first, that you're rejoicing with your brothers and sisters in Christ and God's holy word. Amen. Put God first in your life. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries Radio Broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.